Welcome to this green church. We're a Christian community on a mission to raise saviors, believers that are righteous and supernatural, to succeed, lead, and have transformational societal impact. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. and Wednesday at 6 p.m. to be a part of this amazing service. Be blessed as you listen. Happy Easter, fam. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to us. Um, some people say they are going to see the risen Christ today. That Christ Happy has risen. That Christ has risen, risen this morning. No, Christ did not rise this morning. He rose <laughs> several thousand years ago. We are celebrating his rising. Eh? It's not. It's not just. You know, people. People. You know, people can so much get hung up on symbols and forget the real thing. People can get so hung up on symbols and forget the real thing. Christ did not rise this morning. No. He rose several thousand years ago. We are celebrating his rising this morning. Hmm? If Christ has to die and rise every every year, it's a fraud. But it's not, it's not a fraud. He paid for our sins once and for all. Okay? He paid for our sins all those years back. Once and for all. We are only celebrating his rising, you know, today. This looks simple. People forget. It's funny. That people actually forget, okay? So they say, ah, anybody, I've heard about Jesus, Jesus to Jinde. Once you come to Jesus because he has risen. Please, that is, that is calm, okay? No, Christ rose many thousand years ago. If this is fine to lie. All right? And we're celebrating his rising today. Hallelujah. Yes. So because, you know, he died and he rose for us, in him we have access to the Father. In him we have access to the Father. John 20, 16 to 18. John 20. 16 to 18. So I want a reader. So because it's your birthday to life, you're going to be today's assigned reader. Okay, so we can celebrate your birthday by hearing your voice all through this sermon. Yes, amen. Okay, John 20, 16 to 18. John 20, 16 to 18. We are co-preaching, okay? So you read, I teach. Good. All right, John 20, 16 to 18. Okay, so you can unmute your mic now. Unmute your mic. Baby, unmute your mic. <laughs> Sorry. All right, go on. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Raboni, yeah, which effect. means teacher. <laughs> Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Look at that. On so the evening of that first that, day. That's okay. My okay. Calm down. My 19 to, sorry. 16 to 18. All right. Uh, I, I like this part of the Bible so much because I can, I can picture it. I can picture it, okay? Um, she just turned, you know, she turned back. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she was like, oh, Rabboni. I can imagine the, 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 the experience. Of having seen him die, and asking yourself, is this or is this everything? Is this the end of the relationship? Relationship as in father to father to to daughter relationship? Is it the end? Is our prophets, you know, gone forever? You know, because you know, after if he did not resurrect from dead, it all he will be is a prophet. If he did not rise from the dead, all he will be is a great prophet. What confirms that the son of God is that he rose from the dead? So they'll have been like, is this it? Was he a fraud? He said this, he said that. So, that feeling of, ah, Rabboni, okay, that all you said, they're coming to pass, okay, the, the experience, the joy of seeing him rise from the dead. 
And he told her, don't touch me yet. Why? I have not yet gone to my father and your father, my God and your God. So Christ had to, had to, had to rise from the dead to go to, for the father, okay, to, to, present, to present himself as the sacrifice, kineko, 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 do all the completion of the work there, then, you know, people can now touch him. Okay, so that's the point. But this, this is the point of the, of, this, of, the, of the conversation here. I have not yet gone to your my father and your father, my God and your God, that by my death, burial, and resurrection, God has moved from just being my father, is now also your father. He has moved from just being my God to being your God. So because you believe in him, Christ was telling Mary, that because you believe in me, God has become my father and your father. So it is in Christ that God becomes our father. It's our believing in Jesus that makes God our father and our God, hallelujah. So as men, John 1, 12, as many as believed in him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, hallelujah. So you're believing in God, not in not, not just believing in G-O-D, no, you're believing in Jesus is what makes you a child of God. And this child of God thing is not cliche. It's not just, I'm a child of God. No, 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 no. It has significance. It is the way Jesus calls God his father, that God is now your father. So whatever it's meant to Jesus, for God to be his father, is what it means to you also. So you also can say, I and my father are one. Hallelujah. So you can say, I do this because the father sent me. So also, he has given you a right to be able to do some things, to be able to live the kind of life that Christ lived because when you are now also a child of God. John 3 says, John 3 says, children, it's still John 1, John 1, 12, 14, children not born of, of human will, but children born of God. Hallelujah. So we are born again, not of human will, not, 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 not of parental mistake. Most of us were born by parental mistake, okay? I mean, now they plan to stop giving, giving birth to children. They did all the, all the, all the family plan. They did everything. Miraculously, it did not work. And so, physically, they can say they born by mistake. <laughs> physically, okay, that I was born unplanned. Uh, so, but being in Christ, there are no mistaken children of God. Hallelujah. Children not born of human effort, not born of human will, but children born of God. John 3 says, flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. So the way my parents give it my flesh, hallelujah, my spirit is born of the Father. My spirit is born of God. Ooh. So if you check my, if you check my, my spiritual DNA, what you, what you see is a partaker of the divine nature. If you check my spiritual DNA, you will see the seed of God. Hallelujah. The seed of God is in me. Okay? So when you become born again, you become a child of God. The seed of God is in you. You carry your father's DNA. You carry your father's DNA. You carry your father's DNA. Hallelujah. You carry your father's DNA. God is your father. Because you are in Christ, God is your father. And you carry the DNA of your father. And this is great news. This means a lot. See, it's why Paul said we should pray that we should understand. Because sometimes these things can become cliche. Paul will say, pray that your eyes of understanding may be enlightened so that, you are, so that you will know the hope of your calling. So you will know what, what it means. You will know the inheritance we have because you are in Christ. So that, so that you, you will know what it means to say, God is my father. The way Christ walked the earth as the miracle man, okay, everything submitting to him, 
the winds submitted to him, sicknesses, afflictions, everything bowed to him. So also we'll begin to walk with our shoulders high. We'll begin to understand what it means that in him we have become children of God. Christ is our prototype. Prototype means the example, the example, the model, okay, of which we the rest are after is the model son, prototype son, meaning that you know, we, you know, when you, when the, the word there is like is like you want to sell, you want to sell um a car. So someone tells you, okay, he wants to test drive, you are selling, you are selling Benz. Someone tells you he wants to test drive this Benz. So what do you do? You pick up one Benz and you can test drive, knowing that, okay, this test, this Benz you are test, test driving is the same as every other Benz of the same model. So once I drive this copy of the Benz, okay, I expect every other Benz to perform the same way. Yeah, so Christ is the model son of which we, the rest, are like. Hmm? So as many as believe the name, to them, he has given the right to become children of God. So this thinking must then begin to reflect in how we see life. We face every obstacle knowing that we are children of God. What will my other brother Christ do? In a fixed like, what will he do? Will he cry, lament, and say, I'm done? Or will he operate the divine nature and provide solutions? Okay? So let this man be in you. That because Christ rose from the dead, okay? And we believe in him. He has, he has made us also children of God. In him, we have access. Alright? So Christ died, was buried, and rose again. Not a ghost. Not a spirit. He rose again. Flesh and bones. Luke 24. Luke 24. So this is a long read, but I'm going to read it because it's interesting. Luke 24. Okay? Luke 24. Resurrection is not a fairy tale or a myth. People saw him and touched him. He's real. Um, Tolu Lyo. Luke 24. The old thing, the old chapter. Yes. Okay. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? Hmm. He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Now, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened, and as they talked, they discussed these things with each other. Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, 
are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know these things that have happened there in these days? What things? Jesus asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. It was a prophet powerful in word and deed before God and all people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he, he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all of this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to they went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said it was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it was just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter his, and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Please pause. As they approached pa pause, the village to there. which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. Pause. But they heard him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. Are so he went in to stay with them. Pause. Time traveled. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Was I joking? I'm sorry. I didn't hear. You, you, you enjoyed this. You enjoyed the reading, so it's good. All right. So we'll continue from there. Let me. I'll explain something. All right. So um, Christ met the two guys on the road to Emmaus, and we're talking about about Jesus. You know, some people are talking about you when you're dead. You don't know. Okay, but this one, he was there, but they did not know that he was the one. Okay, and we're talking about him, and even you know they asked him. You see what they're talking about? Said Jesus, and like. So like, are you are you are you new to Jerusalem? After we've not heard about what happened in last in last few days, meaning that this 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 situation was not some hidden situation. All of Jerusalem knew that a great man was killed. Okay, it was not some hidden. You know when when Abacha died, who was alive when Abacha died in nineteen ninety eight? I mean, I mean, had enough sense then ninety eight when Abacha died. Okay, so there was, it was not some hidden story. In in school then. You know, people were singing in some schools. People were dancing. Water is dead. I was in the military school. We cannot dance huh? because they would just deal with you. Okay, but yes, people celebrated Abacha's death. It was, it was a popular, it was a, it was a, it was a trending conversation. So when Christ died too, it was a trending conversation in all of Jerusalem. So you know, and Christ now told them, "Are you still foolish? Have you have you forgotten what I taught when I was here? I told you." And according to scripture, it says Christ showed them from written from scripture that this is what was written. Listen to this, this is very important. This is what was written in the books of Moses, in the prophets, and the Psalms, that this the Messiah, the Christ, would come, would suffer, and will die, and will be raised again. So he showed them from scripture. Meaning that everything that happened was not some random event. That God had spoken, spoken out of himself in the books of Moses. Books of Moses are Genesis, Exodus, and Co. Then there's the prophets. That God has spoken in the, in the books of Moses, in the prophets and the Psalms. That these things are happening exactly as God had said. This is important. Now, if I something just happens, you can say it's random. If I tell you ahead of time, if I tell you now, if I tell you now that... On Monday, June 24th, for example, so and so will happen. It will happen this way, this way, that way. Now, when it happens on that day, you will know, ah, Baba Soro, come, Prophet, Wa, Okay? 
<laughs> so you know, it's not, not just some random events that God has spoken to make us understand that when this happens, this person is happening to this person. Okay, that's happening to, that's happening through his Lord, is my son. So God, so God, God told us, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. So we see Mary gave it to Jesus, okay, a virgin conceived and bore a son. We see also the Christ says, that God says in Isaiah also, it shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That this son that will be born is not mere man or mere child. This son is God. We see also in Isaiah 53, you know, that, that will be bruised for iniquities, bruised for transgressions, clinical, clinical, shall be put upon him, and by his stress we are healed. You know, that we all we all have abandoned him, another, 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 that God has placed upon him the iniquity of us all. When going for Isaiah 53, going for Isaiah 53, he says, he says, he talks about, about him being cut off from, from the generation, meaning that he was cut off, he was killed, he had no child, another kind of Isaiah 53. But towards the end of Isaiah 53, he talks about also that, but this man that was cut off, look at this, he shall see the travail of his soul and rejoice. So he talks about his, his suffering, his, his death, and that he will rise again. All these things were written in scripture. That these things happened as written in scripture. We saw Psalm 22, where, 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 where the Psalms are writing about Christ and says, He will not allow His only one to see corruption. He will not, he will not allow His only one to see corruption. Meaning that this, this only one that will come will die, but it will not stay dead. His body will not decay. He will rise again. Do you understand? So these things, so Christ was showing them, Christ was telling them, remember, remember Genesis says this. Remember Exodus says that. Remember the Psalm said this. Remember Isaiah said that. So Christ took them through scripture to show them conclusive proof that what happened will happened according to scripture to verify and show everyone that I am God. That believing in me is how you are saved. So you know, you know, if you want to preach to a Jew about Jesus now, okay? You have to show him the, you have to show the Jew through their books, other their books, Genesis, Genesis to Malachi. Show them through their books that the Jesus it happened to is the Messiah waiting for. You get my point here? You should have to show the truth that the Messiah are waiting for has come and gone, as written in the books you are reading. That's what Christ did. Christ showed them from their books that God has said and that God had done what he had said. So it's why we must understand, why we must understand, you know, Jesus. We must be able to see Jesus in the covenant books. I was able to see Jesus in the old covenant books. One day I will take his entire sermon, showing us the things that Christ showed them in the in Genesis to Malachi. I'll show us what he showed them. Okay, what he took them through to show them that these things happened just as God had said in the past. Because it's important that we know, okay? Please go on. 28. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. 20, 28. Yeah. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as, as if as if he were going further. But they asked him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Please pause. So they said, Did not our hearts burn 
while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us. Now, the scripture is opened. The Old Covenant books, Genesis to Malachi, is opened in Christ. That's what I mean. Up until when you understand that the reason for those books was to, was to talk about the Christ, to prepare us or the Jews for the coming of Christ. Okay? You don't understand what it's about. So it is only open when we understand that the things written here were written to were written to, 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 to tell us that a Messiah would come. That the scripture is opened in Christ. That is when we see Christ in scripture, that the scripture is truly opened unto us. So, so we teach that the Old Testament books, you know, the Old Testament books are the New Testament concealed. Let me explain again. The OT books is the NT concealed. Amen. The OT books, you know, is the New Covenant concealed. The New Covenant books is the OT revealed. Did you get that? The OT books, okay, is the NT concealed. Okay? But when Christ came and showed us the New Covenant, okay, he opened the New Covenant so we can understand what was written there. So when we now read the epistles, when we read what Paul and wrote in the epistles, we then begin to understand what the OT was all about. Amen. So, to understand the covenant books, read the New Covenant books. When you read, you begin to understand because in, in all those books of the New Covenant, they kept on referencing the New Covenant books as Isaiah as said, as David said in the Psalms, to show us that it is in Christ and what he has done that we understand all what the past was about. So the Old Covenant books was for, they were foreshadowing the coming of the Christ. They spoke about what will happen in types and in shadows, but it's in Christ that the veil is taken off and we can see clearly what they were all about. So to understand scripture is to read scripture through the lens of the revealed Christ. To understand scripture is to read scripture through the lens of the revealed Christ. So we must understand first the new covenant to make sense of the covenant books. I hope that I hope you understand that. Alright? So it should them from scripture. Okay. Let's go on. 35, 36. 36. 36. 36. 36 While yes. they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and feet. It is I myself. Touch, and, touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. Hmm. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything to eat here? They gave to him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. <laughs> he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that it is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have 
be included with power. Amen. Amen. You can stop there. So again, he told them. The first said, it must be a ghost. And he said, no, it's not a ghost. A ghost does not have flesh and bones. So the thing is, the resurrection is about, is about you know, about, about them seeing the ghost of Jesus. You know, actually, it happens that people see the ghost of their dead loved ones. I tell you, it's true. That when some post loved ones die, they see them for a period of, they see them, the people see the ghost of their loved ones. Is that, maybe is that, if that's good or bad, I don't know. But some people actually see the ghost of their, of their loved ones. So they said, ah, it must be his ghost. No, he told them, no, this is not ghost. The resurrection it's not about seeing a ghost. It's, the f- it's real flesh, real bones, okay, that you can touch. All right? And even ate, show them a ghost cannot eat fish. Okay, so, so he ate fish, okay, and told them, this has happened as was said in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Look at this. Then he opened their minds so they could understand scripture. Now, what he did there is no impartation. No, he taught them. It's not impartation. He opened their minds, meaning that he took them through scripture to show them, when you read this, he spoke about me. When you read this, he spoke about me. Okay, meaning that when we open scripture and read it with the lens of Christ is risen, we will see the prophecies of it all over the covenant books. So one day I'll teach, I'll teach that to take us through each verse that talks about the coming and the fulfillment of the prophecies of the Christ. Okay, that is what Christ. So, so it's meaning that the scripture is only open to you when you read it with the lens of the revealed Christ. Is he came to the earth, worked miracles, did all that. He was killed. He was buried, and he rose again. Okay, that is when scripture is opened unto unto you. Amen. But they saw they saw him. They touched him. They ate. They ate with him. All right? Hallelujah. So it's not a myth or a fairy tale. People saw him, touched him, and ate with him. He appeared to people in different numbers. He appeared to Mary. He appeared to the woman. Appeared to the 12. To the 500. Appeared to, 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 to James and to Paul. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. It's a long read, so 122. 1 Corinthians 15, 122. It's Bible study, so we have to read a lot. 1 Corinthians 15, from 122. Okay. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, Otherwise, you have believed in vain. Please pause. So what? Yeah? Pause. Pause. Okay. okay. Bible study, so we'll do pause and continue. All right? So he says, I want to remind you. See, you have to read this. We have to read the epistles well. Read the epistles well. I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you. Hmm. This is the gospel you received. This is what you take your stand on. Okay? By this gospel, you are saved. If I tell you, by this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. This is where the problem is. Many people are calling themselves Christians, but their belief is in vain. They don't know why they are Christians. They don't know what it means. They just say, I'm a Christian. Why? I was born in church. I go to church. My parents were Christians. No, 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 no. No, that you're being says because you heard the message. You heard something. You believed something. 
And he's saying, saying what I'm reminding remind you of right now, what I'm reminding you of right now, is what you believed and what saves you. He says, by which you are saved. What I preach to you that you believe and you hold on to is the means by which you are saved. He says, look at this. If you hold firmly to the word I preach, otherwise you are believed in vain. Meaning that if you stop believing this, your belief can turn to an offside. Vera, Vera, you know what which word is with Bob? Vera, we carry Vera, we carry Kenya and say, you know, we are canceling this good. Go early. Okay, so, <laughs> so this is how we are saved. Is how we live saved. Is how we remain saved by believing. Our salvation is predicated on believing something. And Paul is telling us, he's going to remind them again what he preached that they believed. So they ask you, how are you a Christian? You must know what you believed. Okay? You must know what you believe. Alright? Verse 3. Verse 3. Verse 3. For what I received passed on to you as of first importance. Hey, read it well. Read it, read it well. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Again, pause. I passed on to you as of what? As of what? First importance. That this is the cocoa of first importance. This is priority. This is what I preach to you. Please go on. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas. And then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, to one abnormally born. Okay, pause. Good, thank you. You got the message. Pause. So he says, this is what we preach to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture so for christ now let, let, let's unpack that christ the christ there means the sense one the messiah the son of god okay you must understand though this is what saves you that the christ the, the word christ there means the messiah the anointed one the anointed one it means the son of god it means god so that god died for your sins that god became a man okay Took on flesh, fully man, fully God at the same time. That God, why is Stephanie's man? Is he automatically clean? I'm sorry, let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That Christ died for us. Since that this, see, this is important. That the man that died for your sins is not just a man, he's God. He is the Christ because only God could pay it because it has to be a sinless person and only God is sinless. So it has to be God that took on flesh. So it became fully man, fully God, fully man, fully God. That Christ died for your sins. So the price was paid. For our sins by his death. According to the scripture, meaning that when we check scripture, we see where it was written that this will happen. According to the scriptures. They kept saying in, kept saying in the epistles over and over again, according to scriptures, to show us that what happened here is not random. It happened according to the scriptures. Why, 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 is, this, why is this very why is this very important? Why is it important? Christ told them that I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. I've not come to abolish scripture. But to fulfill scripture, meaning that the things that were said in scripture in the OT books, I fulfill them. So that what happens here is as said in scripture. This, this is the meaning of it. So 
Christ came to, he didn't come to abolish the law, abolish the books. He came to fulfill it. To fulfill means to complete it. Mm, to complete it. So in completing it, he fulfilled it. And so, that, so it's not just a mere, a mere casual abolish it. You know, like a worry or like a, yeah, like a dictator. Just abolish a law. No, when dictators come into power, what do they do? I cancel this law, cancel that law. No, no, no. He didn't just merely cancel it. He fulfilled it. To fulfill is not, not simply as abolition. Abolition means like I just cancel it casually. Fulfill means I complete the requirements. Mm. I complete the requirements to close it. Okay? What's the requirement? The soul that sins shall die. The wages of sin is death. So to close the law, to end the law, a price has to be paid. That, that is an eternal price. Mm. Every year in the law, they are to shed animal blood. Okay? And because animals are no man's number one, and they did not sin, their blood could not end the law. Their death could not end the law. Okay? But when Christ came, fully man, fully God, without sin, and died for our sins, in doing so, he paid the price to close the law. So he fulfilled it. He, he why Bible saying, according to scripture, according to scripture. So Christ came paid for our sins. So in doing that, he finished the requirements of the law. So that the law is completed. The law is fulfilled. The law is, is satisfied in the one that puts his faith in what Christ has done for him. Verse 4. Verse 4 says, he was raised from the dead. Okay? He, was, he died for our sins. He was buried. And as he, he rose again on the third day, again, according to scripture meaning that it happened according to what was said that he appeared to, to peter to the 12 okay at one point five people and then to james the 12 and then to paul what's he saying that what we are telling you is not it's not it's not, it's not fairy tale many people saw the risen christ the woman saw him peter saw him five 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 people saw him at the same time, the people, some people say that uh, the, the people that saw him were hallucinating. Come on now, come on, come on. How can 12 people in a room be, together be hallucinating at the same time? Let's even this 12. What about 500 people? Can 500 people be seeing be seeing mirage at the same time? 500. It's not, it's, even if you take it scientifically, it does not make sense to think that way. Okay? 500 people. And you now said, oh, these are 500 people, some of them are still living. Meaning, you can go and ask. Even though some are dead, but some of them, many of them are still alive. So you can go and ask about it. You know, go and, okay, sorry. Go, go and ask. Go and ask, okay, saying that it is verifiable. It is verifiable. All right, verse 9. Verse 9. Verse 9. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. For by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked other than any of, than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what we believe. Look at this. What is what you believe? This is see, it says this. Whether I, whether I preach to you or someone preach to you, look at this. Look at this. This is what we preach. This is the gospel, and this is what you believed. So I today ask yourself again. Ask yourself, when you got saved, what did you believe? What did you believe? It's a good question. What did you believe? Some people here, you've never heard the real gospel. 
This is what you believe. Okay, so if you've never, never heard the real gospel before, you're hearing it now. You're hearing it now. So you cannot deliberately put your faith in the real gospel of Jesus. Alright? This is what this is what we preached. We must know how to preach the gospel law. It's not repent or perish. Ah, no. That's not the gospel. The gospel is Christ died for your sins. He was buried. He was raised again. Okay? So that when you believe in him, the price for your sin is paid in his death. And also, his new life is created to you so that even you too can walk in newness of life. You must know the gospel you are preaching. It's not repent or die. It's not the way trust. It's not the way lipstick. It's not don't, don't breathe your air. That is not the gospel. In fact, it is not don't sin. The gospel is not stop sinning. Let me tell you why. You cannot tell a dog to stop barking. It's like you're crazy. So, a sinner will sin. Okay? What stops what stops sinner from sinning? Is that receiving Jesus by faith and then consequently having his new life. Is that new life in you that makes you be able to live without sin? So we preach Jesus. Not, we don't preach stop sinning. No, no, no. no. We preach Jesus. Okay? When they receive Jesus, they can stop sinning. Do you understand? All right? Verse 12. Verse 12. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is fertile. You are still in your you are still in your sins. Then those also who are falling asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Yeah. <laughs> but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all died. So in Christ, all will be made alive. Hallelujah. For each, no, it's okay, All right. So he says, if the dead is not raised, it means Christ is not raised. It means our faith is futile. So the, the backbone of the Christian faith, this is essential. You must know this. The backbone of the Christian faith is that Christ rose from the dead. Hmm. Meaning, if anybody can successfully prove that Christ was raised from the dead, we just say Christianity is a lie, is a fraud. Okay? The backbone of the Christian faith is that Christ was raised from the dead. So, when your mind is telling you, is this even real? Imagine yourself, Christ rose from the dead and there is evidence to back it up. Christ rose from the dead. Our faith is real faith. Amen. Alright? So, resurrection is, is, is key to our Christian faith. It's central to the Christian faith. Without it, our faith is meaningless. See, our faith is not faith for faith's sake. People say things like, you know, people say things like, a human beings need, need something to believe in. Human beings need what to believe in. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying because, I'm not born again because I, I, need something, I need something to believe in. I need something to believe in. I need to believe in the truth. Okay, so it's not just faith for faith's sake. It's faith in the truth. 
Okay? So our faith is not faith for faith's sake. It is faith based on evidence. Something that actually happened, okay? We have evidence that, 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 that's incontrovertible. We have evidence that's incontrovertible. Real evidence. In fact, every, every, serious, every serious historian believes that Christ, the, the man called Jesus, came to the earth. They believe that, you know, he walked miracles. Serious historians, not Christian historians, not, not, not Christian historians, serious secular historians believe that a man called Christ came to the earth, was on the earth, okay? Yeah. Believe, they believe that, you know, um, he walked miracles. They believe that he was killed. Yes, they believe that also that the proof is there that he was killed by Roman soldiers. He was killed on the cross, he was crucified. They, they, they now, they look at this, they believe also, they believe that the early church believed conclusively that he was raised from the dead. So they will say that they, 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 may not believe, they, they may not believe in it, but they have clear, clear evidence that the early church believed and preached the risen Christ. That this is not some recently developed story. No, no, no. They believe from history that the early church believed and preached the risen Christ. Okay? They believe this is what the church believed and preached. Amen. So this 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 um, early church disciples, the apostles, you know, from being scared when Christ died, they went to hide and all that. When he died, they ran away and all that. When they saw him alive, they left their hiding and went to preach. They left their hiding like, oh my it's true, it's for real. Okay, so Peter, Peter from hiding and lying to lying to teenage girl. Lying to everybody, okay? Me, Maury, I don't know before. I don't know his father from anywhere. He's not my kin. I've never been with him. Went from hiding to standing in the midst of, three, of over 3,000 people to preach and say, that's an Acts 2, that this Jesus that you killed is the Son of God and was raised from the dead. They preached that knowing that it would cost their lives. Paul went from being, you know, a skeptic, went from attacking Christians, to becoming one that was preaching the same faith. Why? Paul saw Jesus. Okay, so, you know, people, no, nobody will die for a lie. You, can, you have to be very stupid. Because now, now for, for you to die for a lie, means the lie will pay you. Let's say, for example, now, you lied that um, you lied that your father is the prince of Egypt. Okay, so someone that gave you five million and all that. So the lie makes sense because the lie, the lie is, you know, the lie is empowering you. Okay, but will you lie when the lie as only problems, as only problem to offer you. The early church knew that preaching the risen Christ will end in their deaths. And they preached it at the cost of their lives. Okay? They saw the risen Christ and they, their lives took a dramatic turn. They went everywhere preaching this at the cost of their life. Okay, why? They saw him. They saw him. They saw him. They believed it. They knew it. So the resurrection is the conclusive proof that Jesus is the Son of God. Romans 1, 1 to 6. 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 Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of, the, of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power, 
by his resurrection from the dead. Excellent. Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ our Lord. Yes, that's fine. He says, according to the flesh, son of David, but was declared by the Spirit. What appointed also means declared. He was declared or he was, you know, this is conclusive proof that he is the son of God, okay, that he rose from the dead. That's many of it, okay? That is rising from the dead is the conclusive proof with which God finally declared to the world. See, God was telling the world, you you are seeing it. You are seeing it. He rose from the dead. He is the son of God. He is God. Someone will not say, but I was not there. I did not see it. When you, when you read PNUKK for physics or ABABIO, did you did you test did you test gravity? Were you in the in the home when, when they're doing gravity experiments? Were you there when they when they found when they found the electric bulb? But you read it and you believed it, Abby? So it means you can believe without being there. And uh, you can believe something without being there. Because all of us have believed what we read in school without being there when they did when they did theory and the practical. So we can believe without seeing. Mm, so we can believe we can believe the truth without seeing it our own eyes. Okay? We can't believe. Humans are made for we are made to believe without seeing. So we can believe it, okay? We can't, we can't believe it. So this is how God declared to the world that this guy is the Son of God. So nobody that has heard the gospel preached can now say eh, it's not true. You heard something this dramatic. Come on, senses, you gotta ask yourself, is there some truth to this thing? This book where we're preaching Christ is risen. You can't say, tell anybody that uh-uh, this thing is so dramatic. I should go and do, I should check. Okay? And also, God. Because God wants all men. God talks the art of all men on this truth. People assume that, okay, the gospel is hard to believe. It's not hard to believe. No, 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 no. The gospel is made to be believed. Mm. The God that made the art of men also made the gospel. So God made the gospel for the art of men, meaning that the art of men can receive and believe the gospel. Your own is to preach the gospel simply. Don't say it's not believable. Shut up your mouth. It's believable. You believed it. You believed it. You believe, don't forget, believing is first of the heart, not of the head. Hmm. Believing is of the heart first, not of the head. So stop worrying about their head. Just preach. When their heart believes it, their head will understand it. When their hearts believe it, their heads will begin to begin to understand it. The gospel says faith is of the heart, not of the head. So stop worrying about people's coconut head. Just preach the gospel. Okay, the gospel is designed for the art of men. Okay? The same way you believed it, they also can believe it. Hallelujah. Alright? Mm. The gospel is conclusive proof. The resurrection of the dead is conclusive proof that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, people say, well, people say, but Lazarus was also raised from the dead. There are two different things though. Lazarus was raised from the dead, but he died. Okay? Every, every, person, every person that lived, died. Every other person that lived on that lived on the earth died. But the resurrection of the dead is that Christ lives forever. Okay? That is not just he, he lives in the resurrected body, he is glorified body, and he lives never to die again. Everybody that was raised from the dead, they all died back. In fact, every man that ever lived the earth, they all died. Uh, including Enoch. Enoch died. Enoch died. Hebrews 1, Hebrews 11 says, Hebrews talk about Hebrews, Enoch, Enoch walked with the God, and because he walked with God, he was no more. Uh, after that, now said, after he now went down and said, but this all died. So, meaning including Enoch, that was he was no more. Uh, Enoch died. Enoch died. Elijah died. 
Okay, so the Bible just means that you know they didn't die the way normal people die. Okay, God took God took Enoch, you know, he God took Enoch off. Okay, took him somewhere else where he died, where Enoch died. Because the Bible says these all died. Amen. Colossians one, Colossians one fifteen to twenty. You know Moses. You know God also took Moses' body. Uh, took him somewhere else, okay? Moses died somewhere else also. So, they all died. They all died. So, that you don't see where they died doesn't mean they are alive. They, everybody, everybody, everybody that lived the earth died. Okay, so, at least their body is decayed. Amen? Only Christ, okay? Only Christ, only Christ died, was buried, rose again, and lives forever. Not as a ghost or a spirit. Lives forever in the body. Amen. Colossians 1 20. Colossians 1 to 20. Colossians 1 15 to 20. Colossians 1 15 to 20. Yeah. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created <clears throat> through him and for him. He is before. <clears throat> sorry. Is right. before all, is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. You can stop there. Look at this. It says, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, and he is the firstborn from among the dead so that in all things he will have supremacy meaning that uh -huh, you cannot say Enoch did not die that Enoch's body lives forever that would mean Enoch is supreme, supreme to Jesus let's be careful though. you can't say that he did not die no Christ is the firstborn from among the dead so that in all things he has supremacy so Christ is not Enoch. He's not Enoch's mate. He's not Elijah's mate. He's not Moses' mate. He's not, not Lazarus' mate. Every human being, okay, died, their bodies buried and decayed. That's why in Acts 2, in Acts 2, Peter telling them, says, we know where David's body was buried. We know that David was, even David, uh, David, that David died. He was buried, his body decayed. Okay? But Jesus, you know, God did not allow his body to decay. Amen. So he lives forever in his glorified body. They could not find his, 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 his dead body. Okay. Christ was raised up and he lives forever in his glorified body. Hallelujah. And he lives forever. And this is a conclusive proof that Jesus is the Son of God. So why did he die? Ephesians 26. Ephesians 2, 1 to 6. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of growth. But because of his great love for us, God, who is, rich in his mercy, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. 
It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Says, as for you, this is why Christ died. Because you were dead in your, transgression, your sin and transgressions. You were dead. We were all dead in our sins. We were all sinners. Okay? We walked in the midst of this world. We obeyed. You know, we did, we did, we did. You know, amen. Okay? But it says, like all of us, okay, we all were by nature children of wrath, deserving of wrath. But, verse 4 says, but, because of his great love, Thank God for bots. Bots are sometimes good. B-U-T-S. They're sometimes good. <laughs> bots can be different between, between good and bad news. Amen. But bots can be the demarcation of something that happens or bad, something that is good. Thank God for the bots. Okay? But because of his great love for us. Hallelujah. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. So we were dead. Now because we have come into Christ, because he died for our sins. Okay? Was buried, rose up again. So he made us alive. Meaning that when we said, when we said yes to Christ, when we came, when we said yes to Christ, what, what happened is this: that that God by spiritual, by spiritual technology, by His own technology, makes sure that that you know when He died, we died with Him. Mm, he died with Him. So He paid the price for our sin, so that we also we pay the price in Him. So when He died to sin, I also died to sin. Amen. When He paid the price for sin, I paid the price for sin in Him. When I was buried, I was buried also with him. So that right now, you know, in his new life, I'm also alive with him. Hallelujah. So I'm no longer dead to sin. I am alive in Christ. Mm. So I'm no more a sinner. I'm not, I'm not the righteousness of God in Christ. So we must know, separate your ways from your harm. I was, now I am. Mm. So now he has made me alive. So I am now alive with Christ. So he died, rose up again to, 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 to save me from sin. So that now I am alive in him. So I'm, I'm no longer by nature a child of wrath. No, by nature now I am a child of God. By nature now I'm a child of righteousness. Hallelujah. So the nature of me now desires to do good works. Titus 2. He has put in me a desire and capacity for good works. So now I am no longer a slave to sin. Sin no longer has any hold over me. No. I am now a child of God. I'm a child of righteousness. So I'm able to produce righteous works. So sin has no power over the child of God. No. The child of God can conveniently say no to sin. Sin as no Christ broke the hold of sin over you. Oh, you know, <laughs> Christ broke the back of sin. Okay, so that we in Christ can live in newness of life. Hallelujah! Christ paid the price for sin. Hallelujah! So that we can live a new life. He forgave us all our sins, not some. Ephesians four thirty-two. Ephesians four thirty-two. Ephesians four thirty-two. Ephesians four thirty-two. Ephesians 4, 32. Ephesians 4.32 Ephesians 4.32 He forgave us all our sins. Ephesians yeah. 4.32 Okay. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God. Just as in Christ God forgave you. Look at that. Now, <laughs> did he say God will forgive you? Mm -mm. Did he say God will forgive you? Follow me again. Did he say God will? What did he say? God forgave you. Mm, so God, God will forgive you. God forgave you. God has forgiven you. 
Amen. So you are living in you are living in you are living in forgiveness. You are living in his forgiveness. It's not future tense. It's what has happened. So in Christ, God forgave you, forgave you of sins present, of sins past. In Christ, of sins futuristic. In Christ, God forgave you. Colossians two thirteen to fifteen. Colossians two thirteen to fifteen. Colossians two. 13 to 15, Colossians 2, 13 to 15. Okay. Yeah, one second. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Please pause. Again, when you read the epistles, take note of the tenses and prepositions. Of the tenses and the prepositions. When, first, for 13 says, when you were dead in your sins. So, the dead in your sins for the believer is a we, okay? Is a past situation, okay? Now, we are the ones who are alive in Christ. And it says, he forgave us, not he will forgive us. This is important. Is why if Christ comes now, you are going to heaven. Why? He has forgiven you all your sins. When people say, some people have to pray every day for God, God forgive me. When they make a mistake, you have to, if they don't pray that prayer, they are scared of a fire. So they quickly, ah, Okay, because they must pray for this for they feel like they are heaven bound. So this is what happens to them. They believe that, my boy, listen to me. If they sin now at 1033, they don't forget to pray. Maybe they pray every day at 7 p.m. or 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. going to bed. They now forget. So they don't have pray between 1033 and 11 p.m. Okay? And Christ now comes at 1059. So because they have not prayed and said, God, I'm sorry, they're going to a fire. Do you know, do you know how ridiculous you know how ridiculous that thinking is? People can miss heaven over 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 timing, over technicalities, okay? Miss heaven on technicality, legal technicality. Okay, it doesn't make any sense. God has forgiven you all your sins. He has forgiven you all your sins, past, present, and future. Go on, first 14. 14. Having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, mainly to the cross. Please pause again. Did he say we cancel? No, no, no. Avon cancelled. Hallelujah. He has cancelled every legal technicality against you. He has cancelled. He has taken it away. He has nailed it to the cross. Hallelujah. Past tense. Cancelled. Taken away. So you must see your sins as past tense. Eh? Now you are a child of God. Fully, full child of God. Full access. Not, it's not coming and going. You have full access to God. It's not, you know, this is your reality now. Verse 15. 15. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them. <laughs> triumphing over them by the cross. You see that? Did he say we disarm? Oh, Jesus. Did he say we disarm? No, no, no. Having yeah. disarmed. So, there is no power from hell that can work against you. They have been disarmed. Hallelujah. No, we disarmed. They have been disarmed. So village people, you know, village grandfathers pray from other side, from father's side, from you know, uncle's side. Those people, people pray, people pray. Every demon from my father's side die. Shut up your mouth. They've been disarmed. Waste of time. They have been disarmed. They are under your feet. Stop, 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 stop talking about, stop thinking about them. See them as where they are. Disarmed. They have no hold on you. Hallelujah. As I, said, as I said last week, you know, there's popular bed in Yoruba. They say the bed, the bed eats poison. 
instead of dying, the bed gets fatter. The bed eats poison. Instead of dying, the bed gets fatter. So there's a problem. You remember what I says? I will the John Equisora. I will the John Equisora. So meaning the bed that is I will the eats poison food and gets fatter on the poison food. That's what you have become. It's why he says you will trade, you will trade on scorpions and whatever, and they will not hurt you. So that's why he says, you know, you pick up six, you pick up six, six your hands. Six means demons, manic powers. You will pick up six your hands, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Why? They have been disarmed. So no witchcraft and stop nonsense. They have been disarmed. Christ made a public work of them. Christ, you no know, one is when you do when you here in public. Christ did their here in public, you know. So the year is their year is popularly established. So, so the spiritual realm, everybody knows, everybody knows, everybody knows that they are here. The angels know that what they know, they've they, 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 they've been beaten, they've been defeated. They are, he made a public spectacle of them, the triumphing over them by the cross. So your legal charges have been taken away. Your enemies also, demonic powers, have been disarmed over your life. Romans 5 to 10. Romans 5, 8 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 to 10. Go on. Romans 5, 8 to 10. Yeah. But God demonstrated his own love for us. Hallelujah. In this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Hmm. For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more have been reconciled? I haven't been reconciled. Oh, I'm sorry. How much more haven't been reconciled? Shall we be saved through his life? Post, look at Not this. Not only in this soul. No, worry, Maori, Maori. Calm down. Calm down. Verse <laughs> 8 says, while again, I like, I like this, I like the episodes. The past tense is just it's fun to read. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were, so we were, we were still sinners. We are not still sinners. Verse 9 says, Since now we have been justified, so we are now the justified. Hallelujah. We're not the righteous of God. We're not the justified. It says, How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath? This is what it means. So he's saying that this salvation is what will save us from going to a fire. Okay? So it's not you're saying, God forgive me every day. No, 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 no. He says, how much more? Now, if when we are sinners, he forgives our sins, how much more will he not, how much more will that forgiveness not care for our mistakes in this, in this age? Do you understand? So if we, when we stack sinners, his blood saved us, how much more will his life not, you know, not, 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 not keep us only and limited for him. So, he forgave us all our sins. Since, since we were saved and since now that we are saved. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So, his life has saved us. His life in us keeps us saved. His life in us ensures that, you know, when he comes back, we will be with him also. He has forgiven us all our sins. First John 2, 1 to 2. 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 My dear children, hmm. I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. 
and on, not only for us, but also for the sins of the you world. You see that? It says, I'm telling you so that you're not sin. Don't sin, no. Don't sin. But it says, if anyone sins, we have what? An advocate to the Father. Jesus Christ, righteous one. Look at this. This is Jesus Christ, righteous one. Is our what? Atoning sacrifice for our sins. Not, not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the world. So, Jesus Christ's death on the cross is the payment for your sins. He says, of course, don't sin. You're a new man in Christ, you don't live in sin. But if you make mistakes, Christ is the atonement for your sins. It's not your saying, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 20 times. No, 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 no. Christ is the atonement. And guess what? The atonement has been made. And you are in him. So the atonement is speaking over your life. Now, I want to say Christ is the advocate before the Father. We don't mean that when you sin, he's telling God, God, I see my son, you know, I forg- I've forgiven him. I, I died for him. So for you to God, please, you know, forgive him. No, no, no. Let me say it again. When we say Christ is the advocate for the Father, we don't mean that Christ is standing before God every day, telling him, ah, see my, my daughter Stephanie. She just made a mistake. But because of you love me, think about me and forgive Stephanie. That's not it. Eh? It's figurative. The, the, the advocacy of God, the advocacy of Christ, the advocacy of Christ here is his blood that was shed. Oh God. His advocacy, his intercession for us, is not him saying every day God forgive them. No, no, no. His blood is speaking the advocacy. Did you get that? His blood speaks better than the blood of Abel. His blood is continually speaking the advocacy. So is shed blood is that what kissing? Is shed blood is that what kissing? Is it intercession for our sins? Is shed blood is that what kissing? And intercession for our sins. So he's not praying. God is not, God is not praying and say, God forgive. No, no, no. His blood is speaking forgiveness. His blood is speaking mercy. Is the atonement sacrifice for our sins? So his shed blood is that what kissing? And his intercession. The shed blood of Christ is his advocacy and his intercession. So every day, the shed blood that you have believed in is speaking for you mercy, forgiveness, redemption. Hallelujah. Again, his shed blood is, is an advocacy and is intercession. Amen. So, because of this, there is no more enmity between us and God. We have now been reconciled unto God. God is our Father. We are His dearly beloved children. Ephesians 2, verse 11 22. Ephesians 2, 11 22. Ephesians 2, 11 to 22. Ephesians 2, 11 to 22. Ephesians 2, 11 to 22. Well, that is your mouth. Okay. Therefore, remember that formerly you were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done by the body by hum- in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel. Please pause, 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 pause. You can count the tenses. Count the tenses everywhere. The tenses everywhere. The tenses are everywhere. The tenses are so clear. Remember that formerly you were. You were excluded. Again, see the tenses. Read the tenses. Read, read, open your Bible and read along. And see the tenses. Ephesians 2 from verse 11. Take note of the tenses. They will bless your life to understand. All right? 
again, verse 11 again, verse 11 again. Verse 11 again, okay. Therefore, remember that you, you were Gentiles. Yeah, you know it well. Therefore, remember that formerly you were Gentiles by birth. Formerly is important. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. And called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Mm. Remember that at that time, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. Mm. But now, in Christ, Jesus, in Christ Jesus, who wants, who wants, sorry, let me read that again. Again. but yeah. now in Christ Jesus, who you want to <laughs> Relax, 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 take it again, take it again, take it again, take it again. Okay, sorry. But now in Christ Jesus, who... <laughs> okay, okay, I, I'll get to this time. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a, a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Hallelujah. You see that? We were once enemies. We were once alienated, but now we have been brought near. Hallelujah. So now, both Jew and Gentile, okay, have been brought near. We have equal access to We have equal access to God through Christ. We have equal access to God by the Spirit. Only, see, he has made out of the two parties, the Gentiles and the Jews, he has made one humanity, meaning he has made us one race. This is his idea. That in Christ Jesus, the believer belongs to a race. This race is the race of the God type, the race of the God class, the race of the particular divine nature. So before God, there are two races. The race of his children and the other race, the unsaved. So if you are a Jew and you are in Christ, you are part of his race. Gentile also, the same race. So we are both the same before God. So there is no absence. There's no, you know, out to marry a Jewish man because Jewish Jewish people are close to God. You are loved by shut up your mouth. Okay? We both have equal access to the Father. So, both Jew, both Gentile, pastor, prophet, evangelist, you know, senior pastor, senior evangelist, senior most holy reverend apostle. Okay? We all have the same access to God by the Spirit. So, we are all his children. We all pray. And he hears us. We all call him Father. Okay? So even though because of, I'm not going to the faith, we might be more aware of who we are, but we are all the same thing. We might be more aware of who we are, 
but we are all the same. We are all God's children. We have equal rights to the Father. The Son of God is our model. So he's a model son. And we are all called to look like him, to act like him. So we all can be like him. We are all we all have the same equal access. God is your father. Just the same as my father also. God is your father. Colossians 1 23. Colossians 1 23. Colossians 1 21 23. Colossians 1 21 23. We're almost done, okay? We'll be done in three minutes. Colossians 1 21 23. Once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Hmm. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Look at her. Once we enemies of God, because of your behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body. To what? To present you only in his sight. Because of what Christ has done for you, you are only in the sight of God. You are without blame. You are free from accusation. How? By faith. Because you believe. Says if you continue in your faith, established and firm and not move from the hope held out in the gospel. So he's saying this is what keeps you holy in sight, your faith. Your faith. That you must hang on, hold on to this faith. That you are saved by faith. You stand by faith. You will stand by faith. Okay? That if you hold on to this gospel that we have preached to you, you have been, you have been brought near. You have been brought into Christ. You are holy and without blame in Christ. You have access. Finally, finally, Colossians 2, 16 to 23. Colossians 2, from 16 to 23. Colossians 2, our last reading, from 16 to 23. Last reading, Colossians 2, from 16 to 23. Colossians 2, from 16 to 23. Okay, so from 16 to, to 23. Yes. 23. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink mm. or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. <laughs> Such a person, amen. <laughs> Go on. Go on. Okay. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed off with idle uh, with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. Hmm. They have lost connection with the head, from whom the old body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as, why, as, as though you still belong to the, to the world, do you submit to his rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value 
in restraining sensual indulgence. Look at that. So he says, see, you are now in Christ. Christ is the real deal. So don't let anybody bobo you and judge you by saying, don't, do not eat this. Don't eat pork. Yes, when you're in your period, don't, don't go to church. When you're in your period, don't go to church. There's some funny people that believe that in your period, they don't go to church because they don't feel, they don't feel clean. Christ made you clean. He said, your you you period are not clean. So he says, don't, don't answer those things. They are human's teachings. They have no relevance to you. You are in Christ. Okay? Don't do makeup. Don't, don't, um, don't, don't wear trousers. Don't see, says those things are not relevant to your to your condition. Christ has paid the price for you. Okay, so those rules of don't touch, don't clinical, clinical, they don't apply. They don't apply to you. Okay, some people say some people talk about you know ah I saw angel I clinical, clinical they, they do over 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 this angelic thing. Someone says sometimes they go I'm not trying to solve him but you know you know some people are talking about some people court people. Some point in court people that like in our courts, you know, with the we dine with angels, with angelic presence. Paul says they sound spiritual, but they are not spiritual. Paul says they, they are being puffed up by their own spiritual mind. Uh, he says it's not spiritual to be to be over elaborating vision. And this morning I say I saw I saw Snake Agbo, okay? I saw Angel, I saw Principality, I saw that one as one. I saw Paul says they are all spiritual. That anybody that places a faith certification, that places access to God on being able to feel the anointing or see this, see that. He says he has an unspiritual mind. The spiritual mind has put his faith in Jesus, full stop. So my faith, my access is based on Jesus. I, I don't I don't to feel anything or see anything to not to not when I'm saved. I believe. I believe, okay? That spirituality is believing, not in seeing. Spirituality is in believing. Yes, I see vision, I see all that, but my faith or my access to God is not based on how I feel or that I saw a vision. No, my faith is based on the fact I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. Those people make grand rules. They say, don't marry. They say, you know, if you don't marry so you can be close to you. They say things like, okay, fast 40 days. Fast six, you know, everything is fast. Everything is fast. fast. I fast six. It says, it says those things, those things does not have any value in restraining, in restraining sexual, sexual indulgence. That those rules of astrumium of the body, you know, I saw one from yesterday, one from yesterday where they were flogging this boy with broom. The difference with broom, because they people, the difference with broom. Those things cannot restrain sensual indulgence. What keeps us living holy is faith in Jesus, what he has done, and who we are because of what we have done, what he has done. So our focus should be on him and on what he has done. Nothing fast. We can fast and pray. Awesome. We can. But you must understand that what keeps us standing strong, okay, is faith in what Christ has done. Your eyes should be on Christ. Your eyes, all you do as a Christian, should be based on what Christ has done. Hallelujah. We bless this morning. We blessed. Did we learn well? Yes. Was that rich? Let's give God praise. Give God praise. Hallelujah. Give God praise. Thank you because your eyes are open. You understand better. You understand better. You understand more and more who you are because of what he has done. Pray. Pray about it. I understand better. I understand better. The eyes of my understanding and life, so I know the hope to which I've been called. I know his inheritance in me because I am saved, because I am in him. I know more. I am filled with every wisdom and spiritual understanding so that I may live a life worthy of him. I'm filled with 
every wisdom and understanding by his spirit, so that I might live a life worthy of him. It says to live a worthy life of him, I must know, I must understand. To pray for more understanding, more clarity into the mystery of Christ, that is God. Okay, the mystery of God is Christ. Okay, pray that you have more understanding, more insight into the mystery of Christ, so that you can live a life worthy of him, fully pleasing in every way, you know, and growing in the knowledge of God. Father, thank you because this prayer is answered. And why is that able to know you more, see you clearer? In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. We hope you were blessed by that sermon. Chance to growth and global impact. Feel free to contact us via our social media platform at This Green Church. And do join us every Sunday by 9 a.m. and Wednesday by 6 p.m. to be a part of our family. Remember, you are that Savior. You are light and life to your world. <laughs>